And we are ready to go. Good morning, afternoon, ER Shredders. So excited to be here today with Ruby Lamori. And we're going to do our five questions interview. We're going to get to know Ruby a little bit better in different areas of her life. So Ruby, thank you so much for being here. Can you start by giving us a quick little intro? Tell us a little bit about yourself, like married, uh, kids, uh, how long have you been an ER shredder? And describe a little bit about your personality. Awesome. Well, first, Crystal, thank you for having me today. I'm very excited. My name is Ruby Lamori. I'm a coach, a networker, and a speaker. I live in North Florida. I live in a small town, much like I was raised in, in Northern Vermont. I'm an empath and an introvert, uh, an intuitive who embraces my truth and loves connecting with others. My ER shred journey uh, has been a large part of that because I realized that the mindset is so important. And my ER shed journey began about a year ago, um, last April, I believe. Last April. That's awesome. Yeah, coming up on a year. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. I like to learn a little bit about personalities as well. I just realized I didn't ask that question the first few interviews where I was like, hey, I actually, that's an important part just to get to know a little bit about all of our unique individual personalities. I think it's fun to hear you describe yourself a little bit that way. So next question, besides health and nutrition, what are you most passionate about and what kinds of fun projects are you working on or hope to work on? I love that question. <laughs> I, because I am coming from such a shy, introverted background, I have such a passion bottled up inside of me that I, that I now know that I need to share. So I joined, um, I'm now part of a, I, I'm working to charter a Toastmasters club, which you can see in the background. I forgot to change it. Sorry about that. Oh. But we are officially chartering with over 30 new members and it's an empowering women's club. And I am super excited about that because I joined Toastmasters three, four months ago and it has changed my life already because it's showing me how to take what's inside and, and put it into a script, putting into something that I can share. Um, and I wanna get better at doing that with more of an impact and influence. So it's, it's a very exciting journey. And I think for a lot of us empaths, it, even the ER shred is such a big part of that because it, it, it connects us. It, it does something that just really works towards that connecting. I agree. I love that. When I think of empaths, I think of our, I know that some people feel a little bit more when they're around other people as people describe themselves as empaths, but I also like to envision us all getting to more of an empath state of being because that way we do learn how to co-create and appreciate are all all the unique abilities that we bring to the table and and having that um, compassion for another person's perspective you know like feeling what they're feeling you kind of you have so much more compassion and understanding for that person instead of feeling so separate so when we all and are able to feel what the other person's feeling i feel that's when we have less arguments and 
and like separation of who's right and who's wrong. I kind of look at that like that we're we're here and there's these le levels or layers or grades, however you want to look at it, but that we are all going to be awakened. Obviously, we are all going to be empaths. It's who we are. It's just where we are. And when we first start realizing um, or before we realize that we're an empath, basically all that energy is coming at us. And we just, oh, and we get all anxiety out. Um, we want to retreat from the world. We hide. We feel drained. And it's a learning curve to, to finally master and realize that we're allowing that in and to really be able to set up blocks. Like I put my blocks up now. I don't even realize it. And I can go out and I don't pick up all that. But there was a time I used to go shopping. And by the time I come in, my kids were putting away the groceries because I was exhausted. Oh, that's really interesting. So you figured out a way to un to embrace the the good parts of being an empath, but also not let it bring you down by, you know, feeling so much of what somebody else is feeling when it comes to more of the lower vibration emotions. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So now when I work with somebody like one on one, I'm able to feel what I need to feel intuitively but I, it's not an open door anymore. Oh, I see. So it's not because I think you're right. It can get to a point where you're trying to be so empathetic, but at the same time, you're once you're not with that person anymore, you could be still caring what they're feeling instead of just being there for them in the moment. And then once they're gone, you can get back to where you're vibrating at. <laughs> You have to let it come through you. So you want to take it in and feel it and then release it right back out so that you actually can serve them and help them with whatever it is that they're going through. Mm, I love that. That's such a great explanation because I always wondered, you know, when people describe themselves as empaths, it's almost like in my experience um, from the people that I've talked to, it's almost like they see it as a burden, which like you said, it can feel like a burden at first, but you have to learn how to work with it. So that's, that's really like a positive take of being an empath. Cause I've always heard people say like, I'm such, I'm an empath and it's just so exhausting. And, you know, instead of like, I'm an empath and it's amazing because I've learned how to really embrace it and use it to benefit myself and others. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So cool. Um, okay. Now I love, you know, visualization and, you know, I believe that visualization is, you know, the first step to creating the next step in your life. And it's, I, I think that visualization coupled with immense gratitude with your current reality is the secret sauce to true fulfillment. And it's the gateway to fulfilling those dreams that you hope to continue as you evolve. So what do you think, how would you describe your next season of life, the next five to 10 years, like, what do you see that looking like for you? Well, let me back it up just a little bit, because yeah, I totally believe in the visualization, laws of attraction, you know, co-creation, whatever name you want to give it, it's where we are creating what's going to happen in our future by our actions, by our thoughts, by our energy. And I started this journey almost 20 years ago of finally starting to learn some of the terms. And it has been, it started out to be a really slow process, but I now realize that over the last 10 or 15 years, I really have been creating where I'm at now, opportunities like ER Shred 
and Toastmasters, they have all come to light with the right people at the right time, like they always say. We know mm -hmm. what to do with it when it comes at the right time. And it can come to us 20 times before it. We might not ever remember because it wasn't the right time. And mm -hmm. going forward with that, I, I'm doing the Toastmasters and I am creating a uh, retirement for rookies. Um, it's a group and it's where I want to work with, you know, ER Shred, work with our um, fulfillment company by bringing people in. Because what I've realized is so many people get to the point of retirement and then they don't know what to do. They've spent their whole life working that now they need to ha learn how to work on retiring and, and, and work on their life itself instead of on the job of, of surviving. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of learning, and it's just going to allow me to bring, I guess, all the stuff that's been inside, all the, all the loves and passions that I've had kind of into one place. Mm, I love that. Are you connected with Chris Albright at all? I, uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. You know who she is. I yeah. did. Uh, I think she was the first one I did the five questions with. And that reminds me of her current situation, you know, moving into this season of life of retirement. And I'm, I'm like really fascinated by, you know, what's that going to look like, you know, and it's exciting to talk with people that are in that next season you know, I'm, I'm out of the season of life of having the babies. So I'm in this, I'm just stepping into a new season as well. But then talking with you guys, I'm like, oh, that sounds like really exciting. I love to talk with people who are very optimistic about it instead of like focusing on the getting older aspect of it, because it can be a very beautiful, exciting season to be stepping into if you stop worrying so much about the body aging, you know, the physical body aging. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we have to have our health because without it, we don't have anything. And yeah, I, I come from a country background. So George Jones, uh, his song, you know, I, I ain't ready for that rocking chair. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that holds so much truth for me. You know, I'm not impaired. He says, I'm not ready for that rocking chair. And that's how I feel. I'm, I'm very healthy. My husband is older than me. He's still extremely healthy. Um, he does have a couple of minor challenges, but he's had them for a long time. They're not really restrictive. And so we've made it to that point, even though I'm younger, for the retirement. But because he was so focused on working, that's why I say I've realized here we are. We have the ability to do anything and we're not because our habit is, oh, I got to go out in the shop or I have to go do this. So we've created where we're just going to start taking a circle around our house about, about an hour away, hour and a half. And we're just going to start exploring and finding everything that we can find in it from bike trails, ATV trails, um, unique restaurants, historical <laughs> buildings. We're going to start posting it in this rookie site oh. and it's just going to be busy bees. We're just going to get into the point of being active and in action and RVing when we can. I don't care if it's in our backyard with a campfire. Yeah. But we're be taking the steps because we get to create this life and we didn't retire to sit here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That all sounds so exciting to, to, and that's also what we talked about with Chris, like kind of stepping out of that, like hustle stage of life where you feel like you always have to be working and accomplishing and doing so much, but like slowing down and appreciating 
so many things that you never really made time for earlier in your life. So I love that. And I also loved when you mentioned the, you know, manifestation and visualization, how, you know, all those years ago, and now seeing how you now where you're at that, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was, you know, creating my life back then. And which also brings me to a thought that I always think about when people think of the law of attraction and probably get very discouraged with it because the things aren't coming when they think they should. And you mentioned timing. And sometimes we get discouraged thinking like it's not working. I must not know how to do this whole visualization, manifestation, law of attraction thing. But really, it's the fact that we don't realize that we're being impatient, probably. (laughs) And like, maybe the thing that you want it so badly is way better for you if it happens 10 years from when you want it to happen. You know, when you think like, I want this to happen and you're waiting and you're waiting and you think that you're doing all the things right around, you know, manifesting what you want, but you don't realize that the timing is going to happen exactly when it's supposed to happen. You just have to trust that it's going to come together when the timing is right. It is. It's going to come together in the right season. And just to give an example, I don't consider myself having a very good network. And I've spent a really long time building up Facebook. um, And and it's been a process. And even posts and stuff that I make only within the last year have started to get traction of comments and, you know, uh, good amounts of numbers. But when I decided to do this Toastmasters group, I started to do it from that old mentality. And I was struggling with, say, the first 10 people. And then all of a sudden I had this shift inside that said that this is more powerful than I am and that it's going to be an amazing, empowering women Toastmasters club. And all of a sudden I saw that it was going to be 40 or 45 members strong. I set the date for yesterday to charter. I'm at 32 members and I can't tell you There's another 10 or 15 that still want to be part of this club. Either the timing isn't just right or the busyness have not followed through and gotten the information in, but they're sitting right there. We're already at those numbers. That is attraction because I normally can't get two people to do anything. But that visualization, that that seeing it, the season, it's just all there. That is so cool. So you've learned some th- some things along the way and you were trying to do it your old way. And I think that's like my biggest, if I could share any message with anybody, it's like, let's stop doing things the old way. We always want to revert to, okay, well, all right, I'm going to start again. I'm going to start again. And we keep doing it the old way, but we have to be open to new ways of doing things. And that's where ER Shred was born because we would have never, especially because I was so indoctrinated with the whole vegan concept and thought that that was the best, healthiest and most ethical way of, of, you know, having a, the perfect diet, but I had to remain open. You have to remain open. Otherwise you'll just be stuck in the same old thing, getting the same results. And when we finally allow ourselves to try something different and stop repeating the same patterns that we did all those years thinking, you know, because we get stuck in our minds, what we've been taught, you know, that's why when I talked about the veganism, it was really set in my mind that that was the way. And it's hard to break away from 
what you strongly believe is the right way and the way that you've been taught by people that you actually respect. You have to, you know, let go of some of those things that were the old way. Maybe it was a good way in the past, but we have to be open to something new and different that possibly we've never even tried before or never even heard of before. (laughs) Well, let me give you another way to look at that. Maybe veganism is still the way, but maybe not right now for the state of where a lot of human bodies are at. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Because I don't know where we're going. I know there's an awful lot with the whole compassion piece. And there's a lot of that that feels right when you think about the veganism. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the body that I had, I was getting the inflammation and the breakouts and and the head throbs and all of that from the way that I was trying to eat. I wasn't full fledged, but I was trying hard to move more into that world. And the further I moved into it, the worse I was starting to feel. And it was like, I think it's a timing thing. I don't think that was the time. And as ER Shred came in, it's like, oh my God, it removed all of those. It, it's a challenge and it's a mindset challenge. And I struggle with it. I will admit, I, I don't stay as strong as so many of the shredders do. And again, I know that's an evolution in a process of getting better, but we have to heal where we're at right now. And I think that is the most important thing. And until we heal, we don't really know what's next. That is so, I love the way you're explaining things. Like so many things that you're saying in our on our conversation are things that I've been thinking about a lot and the way you are describing it. It's like, thank you, Ruby. <laughs> like the way you <laughs> describe that, it's so beautiful. I agree. Like we still can remain open to fruits and vegetables, but if this is where you're at now, in your evolution, then be open to that and, and never be closed off. You know, that's where I just don't want to be closed off to fruits and vegetables because then, you know, we start becoming so dogmatic with the way we're doing things. And we're never going to be open to how things are always changing and evolving, especially our bodies. So we have to stay in tune. And that's the one thing I love about ER Shred is that we are teaching our biggest message with ER Shred is to be in tune with your body. So we don't ever want to claim that this is the absolute only way for everybody. We just want to teach people how to become in tune with their body and be open to shifting things when you feel like it's certain, you know, your certain protocol that you have set up for you at this time, this season of your life may not be the same protocol that's going to work for you in five or 10 years. We just always have to remain open. Yeah. Timing. Our intuitive intuitive self, our higher self, our God self, again, whatever name a person gives it, that's what we're trying to be in tune to. And it knows what we need now. And if there's that truth that we have been around for eternity coming in and out of of earth lives or whatever planet life the point is we may have messages maybe veganism used to be or maybe veganism's the future i mean it doesn't mean it doesn't relate it's just in what season where are we remembering that that's the way it's supposed to be and and stop letting government and 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 faulted science control us and scare us that we have to do things a certain way we have to tune in with ourselves. Mm, that is so good oh i love how you said like it could be a past way or it could be a future way so we don't need to be in this binary state of mind where eating meat is good veganism is bad 
or vice versa. And that, that's where I, it's, you know, more about the whole separation and empathing is if we do start to demonize fruits and vegetables and, you know, shame vegans, <laughs> we're, we're only con- continuing to keep ourselves separated instead of letting us all integrate with one another and allow people to be where they're at in their journey, because perhaps that is working for them right now in their season. And then they might get to a point where they realize I need to shift and adjust my diet at this time. And so we can never look at another person's life and their results as, as evidence of what is possible for us. We always just have to be so aware of what is possible for us within ourselves instead of looking outward, like, oh, well, it seems to be working for them. Like, why isn't it working for me? And then having all this conflict of what's wrong with me, instead of just being like, well, that's where they're at. This is where I'm at. I'm just going to continue to tune in with my body and figure out what is best for me at this season of my life. Yeah. What's best for us. And, and, and I think we're all here to experience. I mean, that's what our education is all about. It's about gaining the experiences. And so every season's going to have different experiences that we need to learn from. So this error might be this diet. The next chapter might be a different one or an altered one. And yeah, staying open and in tune for what's next. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So much fun to talk about these things. And we're getting into my last question about, you know, beliefs and things, which I can sense, you know, you and I have a lot in common as far as the way we see the world and the way, you know, certain beliefs when you talk about, you know, I, I do think that I want to believe that, you know, we've, we can live multiple lives and that this is just an eternal um, evolution that we're, we're all part of along with the, the universe and, you know, the planet, the earth and the bodies. And, and also, you know, when we, what I, the way I like to compare it is, and I'd love for you to dive more into that if you want, but the way I like to see it is uh, I lived in uh, Hawaii for a few years when I was younger in it on the big Island where there's that volcano that's still erupting, you know? And I always thought it was so cool to go see how the volcano was, you know, it wasn't, it's not in a dangerous um, phase right now. So it's just like slowly flowing into the ocean, the lava. And the, as a result, it's, the water is cooling it and it's becoming bigger. The island is actually growing because of the lava flowing out and expanding the island. And I, that's how I see our life and evolution. You know, it's like, we are always on the leading edge Like, we don't know what's going to happen in the next hundred years, which is different than what I grew up believing in my religion. It was like, oh, we have it all planned out. (laughs) This is going to happen and this is going to happen. And it's just like this starting point and end point. And even though we talked about eternity a lot within my religion, but now I'm seeing it so differently where it's like, we don't actually know. We're all in this together. We're trying to like, we're just literally evolving as we speak. And so what we learned a hundred years ago is just... Um, information that's helping us, you know, we're trying to build upon that information. We're never going to get stuck in this is the way it is. And this is the way it's always going to be because even with science, we're learning that it's always changing and evolving and they're always proving themselves wrong and discovering more. So that's how I see life and our purpose is like, we're just continually evolving and we don't really know what's going to happen in the next 100 years, but let's try to figure out new ways and like discover all the time. 
Yeah, you you make such great points, Crystal. That is that is awesome. And there's some great history on Hawaii. And I, I don't know if you've looked it up, like about Lemuria and how maybe a good part of Hawaii is actually underwater now. And oh. where some of the early people from those islands in their little canoes rode off to. I, oh. I think it's fascinating. Wow, that is interesting. So um, is there anything else you'd like to, we'll just talk about that last question, but then we're going to go back to my fourth question. So if there's anything that you want to talk about when it comes to like your beliefs and um, the, you know, what you believe, like the purpose of life is, if you want to add to that at all, I'd love to hear more your take on that. Well, you know, I believe that, that I do believe that we, we keep coming back and whether we come back instantly or whether it's a long time in between that we can't even register because I don't think time is the same. And, and I even hear things that, that time is dual. We could be in multiple places at once. And I, I'm starting to feel some of that possibility with different actions that I have with different um, intuitive connections that I have. So it's kind of crazy and it gets really deep, but I definitely believe that we're here with a, with a plan purpose and that we're here to experience, like I said, much like the grade levels, and that we we come back and we keep adding to that experience, even though we might not realize when we're we're coming back up through, we're back asleep again, and we're coming back up through, we might not realize and carry that information, but I think it's still compiling, at least on the other side or from that intuitive side of ourselves. And the more intuitive we get, the more of that that we can pull up and out and understand. I think it comes back to the the bottom line of, of, I think love is to purpose. And it's all about coming to that point of how we can be that oneness and realizing that we are all the same. And, And you really hit on that good earlier of not criticizing and judging other people and just becoming the compassionate human beings that we really are. And if you think about it, that would be a huge purpose and a lot of learning. <laughs> oh my gosh. So much, right? Oh, I love that <laughs> because we're so it's caught up in how we see things that we don't really take the time and, and, and realize that we could learn so much by just taking a minute to listen to what they're trying to explain yeah. what they see, you know? Sometimes I feel it's like that movie Groundhog's Day. We just keep repeating the same drama. But if we don't get the message that we were, we were here to get, that's what our life does. If you look at somebody who's been divorced multiple times and if they will analyze what the similarities were, oftentimes the divorces and the relationship were almost identical. There was just a different person in a different time frame. Oh my gosh. The lesson is the same. Yes. That is so funny that you mentioned Groundhog Day because <laughs> that movie <laughs> came to my head just like three days ago and I wrote it in my journal because I was just, I felt like for a month straight. I was just in this blissful, like high vibing state. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And you get to, sometimes you almost think like, I've got life figured out. Like, (laughs) and then something happens, something triggers you, or just like you wake up one morning and emotionally you're just off and you feel like, crap, what did I do? And I, I was like, so frustrated with myself for going spiraling down because I knew in the moment exactly what I was happening. I was totally reacting to this emotion and I was like freaking out on everybody. And I was at the same time feeling a lot of shame. And I was like, okay, I I just want to see it as the movie Groundhog Day. Like it is okay 
that I have to repeat this over and over and over until I finally figure out the lesson because you will just continue the cycle. And that's okay. It could be fun. Like even all parts of the movie, I was thinking of all aspects of the movie. There's parts where he got depressed and of the repetitiveness of it and defeated. But then there was times where he got excited and he's like, you know, wanting to learn so many different things. And he, he takes a proactive, exciting approach to it. But then he also chooses to be depressed and angry about it. So it's like we can actually be really excited about repeating, repeating and repeating until we can figure out the lesson within. And then one day we wake up and we're like, oh, we finally we're out of that one. But then we're, there's going to be another one. But we're out oh, of that. Yeah, there's always another one. But <laughs> yeah. We don't always get stuck in some, but some of them really do. We just hit that wall and it's not going to go away. I mean, the, 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 the point for us is to start looking deep. And sometimes we don't find what it is right away. We're, we just are not allowing it. But if we can take that and spend time journaling like you do, meditating, and just really seeking that answer, it will pop up. And I find a lot of people tell me they have a hard time to tell the difference from their mind, because as we're asking questions, our mind wants to start talking. And I have found that to separate that difference, the mind will chatter, but real information pops, or it tells you to do a certain kind of search or go pull out a certain book you own. And then usually within that first little bit, the information you wanted is right there. That, that's how it works for me. I like that. It's so, I love hearing people describe intuition because that's another thing that I didn't really know much about my whole life because I trusted other people to give me my answers for how to live life for my entire life. And so, you know, at this season of my life, I'm realizing like, oh my gosh, I never really followed my intuition because I didn't even know what it was. And I didn't realize the difference between the mind chatter and then the the actual answers, because I, I've been mistaken over and over and over thinking my answers are the mind chatter. And so figuring out the difference between the two is very tricky, but it's something that I'm little by little learning. So I love hearing people. How do you do how people describe the difference between the mind chatter, the fears, the, the old um, teachings that we've been taught from other people from our parents or culture. And it's hard to separate that from your inner knowing. I had an, a major experience. I had a friend that used to like to read people's photos. And I thought that would be so cool. Well, she started sending me photos once in a while and said, the first thing that pops into your head, tell me what it is. And so we started doing that. And, and I didn't do a lot of it. And one day she showed me a picture of a small child. He was missing. He had been kidnapped. And she says, where is he? And I opened up, I, I was led to open up a map and I went down towards the um, Texas-Mexican border and I named a town. Come to find out when she relayed this back to the child's mother, the, um, I don't know if it was ex-husband or boyfriend or whatever, his parents lived in that town. Oh my gosh. I knew nothing about these people. That's when I realized our intuition knows far more than we do, but it is a mighty scary thing to think you can trust yourself when you know nothing and you take something and you just go through a couple of steps and say, here, I think the child is fine. And sure enough, um, she got police to drive by and that man's vehicle was in his parents' yard. 
Oh my gosh. And I don't know what happened after that, but I got that much of the information and it, it just like brings tears um, to think mm. that we can be, have experiences like that. That is amazing. What pops up, what, what leads you like for me, open the map and I opened the map and I started expanding and as it was expanding. My eyes were zoning in and then boom, I spit out this name. I mean, out of nowhere. That is so cool. That is, I like how you said that we, it, it can be scary to trust that because when you think, you know, the evidence around that is like, well, I don't know anything about these people. How could I possibly know that answer? So that's where I think we do. Um, we don't listen to our intuition far too often because when our mind tries to think about it logically, it's like, well, that, you know, that can't be it because I, you know, that's so random, you know, but maybe the random is what we need to be taking a look at instead of what makes logical sense. Right. Have you thought about why a person would be able to get an answer like that? Why would I be able to pick out that this child was in this town? How would that really happen? I mean, that's a deep thought, but that literally says that there's that part of us that isn't just living right here in this small space. That's where that multi-dimension, that means we have some ability to be outside of ourselves and connected. So true. Oh, I love that. There's no way to know that. Otherwise from within yourself, you can't know that. Yeah. And also like when I think of the times where I'm trying to tap into my intuition and receive answers by, you know, through writing, I have, you know, when you said like, you have a thought to go search something up or do this or do that. I realize that sometimes I get so set in my mind that I don't want to be distracted. I need to sit here and just write. And so that's also blocking me from yes. random things that pop through that it's like I, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, that's just a distraction, but it could be actually like, oh, I need to get up and go do that right now. Or I need to search something or pick up that book or open up that book. You know, there's those things that I, I think that I do block myself from receiving those types of random things because I'm trying so hard to stay focused. I think if a monk or a guru was to ever watch me try and meditate, I would be scolded to the ends of the earth. Yeah. I sit there with my phone and my journal. And sometimes I got one eye open and I'm trying to write something that's coming across my mind. Other times I'm picking up the phone because yeah. it's telling me to look this word up or look up a search on this and yeah. I'm trying to do all of it and I'm trying to stay connected. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I would describe myself too. Trying so hard to like not think that, you know, that I'm like missing some answers that are probably coming through. Yes, but the answers come through when we're doing that crazy stuff. Sometimes it's yeah. looking up the definition of a word. Sometimes it's doing a search. Sometimes it's going and grabbing a book that I know I have. And I just kind of flip and all of a sudden I open a section and I, I, within the first paragraph that I'm glancing at, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And it's like a piece. It's a piece of the puzzle. So good. I love this, Ruby. This has been so much fun. (laughs) I love talking to you. Uh, Well, let's finish by you telling us some things about uh, some things that you're proud of that you've accomplished in your life or have overcome. I want to hear more about the things that you're most proud of from your life. Uh, I was very much uh, a daddy's girl. And so dad was always very good. Um, he was a salesperson through and through. 
everything was for sale, but his wife and daughter. Everything oh. had a price. <laughs> I would come home from school or mom would come home from work and we might find out we were moving that weekend because he had sold the house. So I mean, literally, that was his mindset. <laughs> and so I grew up with that. And so when I got into relationships, like I started very young and had my first son right before my 18th birthday. But I was very mature and very stubborn all at the same time. And this knowing that we were talking about I felt I had to rescue the person that I was with because his family was so horrible and he didn't need to be that. He didn't need to be the victim of that. And he really wasn't. And I needed to show him that. Didn't have any idea what any of that stuff meant, but that was put into words now is what I was trying to do. And basically I went through three of those kind of key relationships where the, the guys had had horrible, um, abusive, uh, re relationships in their family, in their home as children, with mostly with their dads. And um, so overcoming and, and understanding that has been a big piece for me. Having three children, um, all natural births, all no medications, um, fighting my doctors every step of the way, trying to do induced labor or picking dates or epidural. I mean, I had to fight constantly. Um, and with the person that I was with, because the doctors would be, we just need to get her through this, you know? And I'm like, no, there's no reason to. I've only been here 12 hours or, you know, whatever the numbers were, my intuition knew everything was perfectly fine. There was no danger. You're just pushing me for your own benefits. I'm, I'm proud of those points because I had three very healthy kids. Um, I homeschooled for 19 years. <laughs> Gosh. So that um, is a, quite an accomplishment. It was, it was, I had, my son was ADHD and in a very bad place. And I believe that stemmed from a double DPT shot at the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm very anti-vaccine um, since then. And let's see, I poured pretty much everything that I was burying inside. I was pouring into my two girls as they were growing up about what they could be, what they could do. Uh, like my middle daughter, um, a lot of the kids in that era, they were working, you know, at McDonald's. And, and it's not that I have a bad view of, of getting our start wherever, flipping burgers or anything. But she was so into, at the time, marine biology, and she was just a very advanced thinker. And I was like, you are going to stay with your field, and you are going to volunteer or work in that field. And I just never allowed her to see herself as under. And you want to hear a crazy story. This girl left home at 16 years old. Again, to save a, a young gentleman from his abusive family. She's mm -hmm. carrying on my same trait here. Mm -hmm. She went out west. He had a construction job. She started working at KOA. Right before her 18th birthday, she brought him back and then flew back out. She started working in steel construction and mining. She made $125,000 her first year coming from like a $15,000 family income to making um, this kind of money with her. Um, G she didn't even have her GED at the time because she had left so early. So we can um, influence change with our thoughts remarkably. And she went out there seven days a week, 14 hours a day working, two hours a day driving, and not a single person out there that she knew. Wow. Yeah. 
That is so awesome. Eight years. And eight years? Eight years. Oh my gosh. Yep. That is and so cool. Go back home and, and start raising her kids. She has two, two children now. And it's been a struggle because she had that freedom to have what she wanted. And now she's gone back and, and is trying to swallow all of that, what other people see as normal. And she's like, no, this isn't normal. It doesn't have to be this way. And so she's in a real battle. And it'll be interesting to see where she goes with that. But yeah, just some of what I feel most proud of and having yeah. accomplished from where I came from and the struggles that I went through. Oh, I love that. I like that to, to uh, try to improve upon where we came from. You know, that's where I, I want to have this mentality of not being angry of what type of childhood we we came from but just trying to improve upon that and then also with our own children also not feeling this pressure like we need to be doing it perfectly that they're just going to be hopefully they're going to be a little bit better than we were we're going to try to be a little bit better than our parents were not in a way where we want to prove ourselves as better than but just improving upon what they knew and then our children are improving upon what we knew and that's a beautiful a beautiful way to envision how how we're all part of this evolution and expansion of of the universe because we're just building upon the past generation and we're taking what we learned and we're seeing how we can make it slightly better i think that's beautiful crystal and I think Deepak Chopra said something very similar as he was raising his children. And the main focus he wanted his kids to focus on wasn't their grades, wasn't what they wanted to do, but how were they here to serve? And he said, I will pay for everything. You figure out what it is you're here to do. That is the only job I want you to worry about. And if we get our kids to create that kind of interconnection and self-confidence, we don't have to worry about the rest because if they're going in a direction where they need math, they will automatically learn it. If they're going in a direction where they need to learn science, they will learn science. It will come when it needs to, just like we're saying about that process, what comes, and they will easily learn it. But if you don't know who you are, you will just stumble and fight yourself the entire way and fight against education and the system and everything who we are what is our purpose oh my goodness you have no idea how amazing this conversation has been for me because it feels like it's like we're really in tune or you're just really in tune with my experience <laughs> because like the fact that you so many things that you've mentioned like words and um <laughs> and that you said math and all of that, because right before our talk, our our call, we just had a conversation with our daughter. She came home, home from lunch and it, it was about math and the system and the game that we're playing around education and figuring out like and asking her, like, do you want to play this game with education, <laughs> you know, or are you going to find something that is unique to you? And are, are you going to follow this cycle of, okay, you got to do, you get all straight A's, you got to go to college, you got to get a job, or are you, you know, and I loved, because Sean was, you know, we're having, you know, explaining this to her, and I loved how it was, we left it open to, uh, it was a question for her, because she was like, are you saying that's good or bad? Like, what what's good and what's bad? And we're like, no, we're saying, what do you want to do? Like, 
now this is your choice at this point in your life. She's almost, she's 16 and a half and she's struggling in math. And we're trying to give her the choice. Like if this is not where you feel your is your expertise or it's coming natural for you, it's okay. Like, let's figure out what is your niche, you know, (laughs) what is your gift? What is your purpose and mission? And how are you going to, you know, uniquely improve upon what we already have? That's beautiful, Crystal. So I'm just like, I'm just loving our conversation so much because it feels like a lot of things you're saying is like really relating to my personal experience right now. We'll absolutely have to talk again in the future. This has been awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I'm actually glad that, you know, we had to reschedule from last week because last week was a whole different, I was in a whole different vibration as well because of my kids being sick and it was very stressful. So I'm just glad that it worked out this way because it's like, this is the conversation I needed today, not last week. You know, it wouldn't have happened that way last week. Perfect. Yeah. So thank you so much. I loved this conversation and I loved getting to know you better and also finding so many connections and seeing how much I relate to you. So we couldn't have done this without this conversation. So I would have never known that I have so much in common with Rumi Lamore, <laughs> Ruby Lamore. You know, it is so funny because when I tried to do the interview with Sean, uh-huh. to me, I came off that interview with two things. Number one, I was horrible and that's what brought me to Toastmasters because I knew I I wanted to be able to share these stories and I couldn't get them out. I I couldn't make them make sense. And I was so nervous and that whole empath thing was all over me. And he ended up making one statement and it had went right over my head at the time. He said, we don't get very many yoga yogis or yoga type people in the ER shred. And I never even picked up on what he meant until after. And then it was like, oh, yeah, most of the yogis are into the vegan and do no harm. Yes. You wouldn't be in a group. Yeah. And I had totally missed it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I need to get better at this. So, Oh, that's so awesome. I love that you're taking a proactive approach to figuring out how you can express your way, express yourself in a way that makes sense and that's organized. And I feel like that's also something that I've been trying to get better at. And my podcast was a way where that's helped me have the practice because I have all these thoughts and emotions and things I want to share, but then organizing them and expressing them, that was a whole different story. So the whole practice is really what helps it begin to flow. And you realize like, oh, I can say this and I'm I'm expressing it in the way that I want and it's all making sense now. Yeah. And sometimes we just have to put ourselves out there in order for that flow to come. And it might not be that it's meant to be the podcast, but the podcast will give you that whatever it is that yeah in my real life situations where I'm like trying to express myself and the words aren't coming or not making sense even just in conversations with me and Sean so it's like it can really have benefit in all areas of your life it's not that I you have to have a goal to become a podcaster or a public speaker it's just like communication is really the key and when you practice and put yourself out there it's like oh you realize like how essential it is to start doing that and to face our fears and speaking, speaking of that, I am speaking for the first time publicly March 24th in Fruitland, Florida for a women's spiritual retreat. I was asked to come and speak about this inner voice and being able to express that. So I am, oh. I know it's the right thing to do. Part mm-hmm. of me is extremely nervous. And then the other part is like, you got this. This is, this is what you know. Yeah. So 
excited. Oh, that's so fun. A little bit of healthy challenge. You know, I like that because it's, it's like, we don't want to force ourselves to, you know, do things that don't feel right and natural, but there's also, it's like a fine line, a good balance. We have to find between like pushing ourselves a little bit, but also not stressing ourselves out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. That'll be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This, this okay. has been fun. Yeah. I- well, good luck with that. And also for anyone who's listening, if you're just catching this now, you, you'll be able to listen to it on the ER Shred podcast in about 30 minutes. I'm going to go upload it now. Awesome. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later, Ruby. All right. Bye, Crystal. Bye. Bye.